Robert Thornton is the founder of an organization called Cloud Covered Streets. Robert is on a mission to bring hope, compassion, kindness, and needed supplies to those experiencing homelessness in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Robert and his team work to provide new shirts, socks, toiletries, and letters of encouragement to those in need. And they recently hit the streets with a brand new mobile trailer that provides showers, laundry services, haircuts, and many other services to those experiencing homelessness. Robert's passionate, heart-driven work is amazing, and he's here to share more with us about what inspired him to create this organization and all that he hopes to achieve going forward. Let's take a listen. All right, Robert, how are you? I'm fantastic, and I'm just super excited to, to do this interview with you, and uh, I can't wait. Great. Same. I'm so happy to have you here. So your mission is to bring hope, compassion, kindness, and needed supplies to those experiencing homelessness. You say that you want to do all you can to help those in need get the tools and support needed to find their path to living their best life possible. Can you tell us what initially inspired you to create Cloud Covered Streets? Yeah, it was. I, I run a, another business called Paper Clouds Apparel, where we team up with special needs causes, and we take artwork that kids with special needs draw, put it on shirts. Fifty percent of the proceeds go to a special needs cause, and then we hire adults with special needs to fold and package them. And so, through that business, I was kind of always driving around town, always on the run, and would see people all the time, you know, holding a sign, you know, on the corner looking for help. And it just so happened one one morning, I pulled up to an intersection. And there was a gentleman holding a sign, and he had on what I guess technically you could call a shirt, but it was just riddled with holes and and dirty, and it was just I had just I saw him and I was like, you you run a, a clothing company, like you can you need to be doing something to help these people. And so initially there was definitely a, like I had no idea that I was going to start a nonprofit and and go down the path that I went. Initially I was just. There was definitely a little bit of self-serving to it where I was like, I'm going to go and print up a ton of shirts with the Paper Clouds Apparel logo on them and then give them what we call a letter of hope, a handwritten just letter of encouragement. Go out and hand those out, and that way it's, it's kind of a win-win for everybody. They get a new clean shirt, and we get a bunch of walking billboards. You know, I was like, uh, genius. But the very first time that we went out, the second gentleman that I ever saw was in a park. And his name was Daniel. And when I approached him, he had on a pair of shorts and didn't even have a T-shirt on. He was just kind of sitting Indian style, just sitting there. And I went up and I was like, hey, you know, my name is Robert. Because one of the biggest things we do, it's 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 a handshake. I give them my name. They give me my name. Eye contact and just let them know that, that I see them. And, you know, I recognize them as another human being because too often they're they're just completely ignored. So shook his hand and I was like, oh, here, you know, here's a new shirt and here's a letter of hope. And after I spoke to him, he put his head in his hands and started crying a little bit. And I looked at my friend Bree, who was with me, and I was like, crap, did I did I say something wrong? And so I put my hand on him and I was like, hey, like, is, is everything okay? And he explained to me that a week ago, when, when he was sleeping, everything that he owned was stolen. So he didn't even have a t-shirt at that point. And it was it was one of those moments where like when you see a cartoon and a light bulb kind of goes off in their head when they have an idea. And I was like, okay. He, you have to do more than what you're doing right now. So then I just kind of began uh, the process of, of starting a nonprofit and, and, and figuring out, you know, how we can be of service in the most beneficial way to them. And in, in May of 2016, Cloud Covered Streets officially became a nonprofit. And you say that you were out on the streets. Your goal from the start was to develop friendships with the people that you helped. And one question you would always ask them was, 
what is something you could really use? And the most common answer was a shower. Can you tell us about how this all led to your mobile shower concept? Yeah. Um, so it's our, at our core, I think that it's, we want to, every single person we meet, yes, we give them supplies, but I think that's, that's secondary. The supplies we give them, I think kind of helps just lower their, uh, the wall that they may have put up towards people approaching them. But the, the real key is, is connecting with them, you know, and, and, and letting them know that like, I value you, you know, I see you and you matter to me. And so it's always, like I said, that, that name exchange is super important. And then I just have an organic conversation with them, but would always ask them, you know, what, how can I help you the most? And so often we would hear like a shower and they'd be kind of joking about it. And I would hear these stories of, you know, people going months and months without a shower, them wait, them being excited for the weather to warm up here in Phoenix. Cause then they would jump in the canals with like soap and try and get clean, you know, doing what they call a bird bath where early morning finding a hose outside of somebody's house and trying to use that, you know, and, and hearing these horror stories about, you know, the shelters that are set up for them to be able to get a shower at and just hearing about the drugs, the violence, and just all the issues that come with these shelters. And so just thought there has to be a better way. And so started doing a little bit of research and Lava May is the first, uh, organization that we really found out about, which is in San Francisco and their founder got the city to donate a decommissioned city bus. And then they put showers in it and started going around and offering showers. And so I saw that and I was like, okay, that's, that's a great start. But one of the things that I thought about was, all right, so, you know, these people shower and then what they, they change right back into their dirty clothes. Like, all right. It's, so it's, I think it's always like finding something and then changing it a little bit. They always talk about like the, the greatest invention usually isn't that, isn't that thing from scratch. It's somebody who's taken something and then found a way to make it a little bit better. And so we all, we looked at these other, you know, organizations that were, are doing great work and just thought, okay, how can we make that a little bit better? And so then we, you know, with our share, our Nat has three private shower rooms. One of them on the back, it has a ramp that leads up to a wheelchair accessible shower because I know that there's so many people on the streets that, that are in chairs and I wanted to make sure that obviously they had a place to shower as well. And then on one of the rooms inside, we have two stackable washer and dryer units so we can, they can get a hot shower. They can wash their clothes. We have a ton of licensed hairstylists that are going to be coming out with each, each time so they can get a haircut or if they have a beard, they can get that trimmed up. And then we have, we're, we're very, very fortunate to have just uh, amazing community support. And so we have a ton of new underwear. We have thousands of new shirts. We have a, a, an, in, an insanely cool sponsorship with the Bone Bus Socks where they sent us, I think we probably have like around 8,000 new pairs of socks. So it's like when, when these people come to our shower trailer, you know, they're going to get a complete new wardrobe to change into, you know, so they can go into the shower room, you know, dirty in their old clothes and then come out, you know, feeling like a new person in, in new clothes. And then they can come and get a haircut if they want one, you know, once. And then once once we're kind of through COVID a little bit, you know, we have a in the in the laundry room, we'll set up a desk with a laptop. So if they need help filling out a job application, if they want to update a resume, if they need help, you know, trying to email a relative or, 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 or you know, a friend that they want to contact, we can do that for them as well. You know, and so we're just always trying to grow and add as many services as we can, because our goal is I want to capture as many of these people and let them know that, you know, where your, your current situation in life doesn't have to be your forever. You know, if, if they're one of these people that, that 
want to get off the streets and they're, they don't want that life. Let's talk. Let's, let's figure out how we can make this happen, you know, but for those people who, who do, you know, in our, that want that type of a lifestyle that, that, that are okay being on the streets and they, they want that type of freedom. It's not for me to judge them, but Hey, let's, let's come, let's get you a shower and a haircut. We can, you know, we can at least make it a little bit easier for you while you are on the streets. So special what you're doing. I, I'm oh, thank you. really inspired by everything you just said. <laughs> so you're also encouraging those who are using the shower to help run the shower. Is that right? Yeah. So we have, we're actually em- employing, you know, people who are experiencing homelessness to help run the shower. And so we have our first two employees and they're, they're incredible, Stephen and Alan. And I've, I've known both of them for, I mean, Stephen, I met on that very first day, October 16th, you know, 2015. I, I met him that, that first day we ever went out. And then I met Stephen not long after, maybe like six months later. So I've known these gentlemen both for four years, you know, and it's it, one of the struggles was, you know, we were prepared to launch a trailer in April, but then COVID decided to make its appearance. And so it's been so heartbreaking for me to have, you know, these gentlemen who've been so excited and are ready to work and then having to delay it and delay it and delay it, you know, and now we're, we're fortunate that in Arizona, we've, you know, finally seen our numbers really, really drop. And so now we're like, all right. We're going to get out there here and uh, and now they can they can start working and start earning their way off the streets. You know, and we have we, we got them business cards. Uh, an amazing lady reached out and she ordered them you know, business cards. So Alan and Stephen have business cards and they work for us. The way we're working out is each each person can work for us for a two month block. And what we do is we get them bank accounts. And at the end of each week, we give them 25 percent of what they made. But then 75% goes into that bank account and will stay there for them. So by the time their two months is up, they have a nice little nest egg, you know, saved up for them. And then while we're operating, our goal is to connect with as many local businesses as we can and find a business that is willing to give them a full-time job so they can seamlessly transition from working for us into a new job and completely end their cycle of homelessness. That's amazing. And so then you're also, it's like those people who work the two months cycle out and somebody else cycles in. Yeah. 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 So we can every two months, you know, be, be helping two people, you know, give them that opportunity to really work their way and earn their way off the streets as well. Cause I think by doing that, I think it means so much more to them, you know, than if, if it was just kind of gifted to them, it's, it's not really just e- a handout. It's a hand up completely. And it's just, it's, there's, Something that like when, when people talk about people who go for prison for a long time, they become institutionalized. There's kind of a similar thing that happens when you become homeless because you really have to kind of flip a switch in your brain where your life becomes about making it till tomorrow, you know, and you have to do what you have to do to stay alive. And it's very, very difficult on the streets. And so once we kind of meet them and find them, we kind of have to then I don't want to say reprogram because it sounds like. So over the top, but just really help them remember that, hey, like you're transitioning into a different stage of your life. So the person who you were on the streets, you're going to you're going to not going to be that person anymore. You know, you're going to you're going to go from that caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly, you know, but there there is a is a definite change that they kind of have to make back to, you know, being a, a contributing member of society, I guess. Right. That makes sense. And. You say that one of the major components of your mission is to work on building up the self-esteem and belief in those on the streets and to let them know that their current position in life does not have to be there forever, like you said. 
Can you tell us why this aspect of your work is so important and how you work to build them up? Yeah, I think that for, for any human being that hope, it has to be one of the most important things in your life. And without without hope, you know, you, you can kind of it's it's really easy to just give up on life, you know. And I think that so many people when you're on the streets, no matter how strong you are mentally, when you hear people continuously, you know, say terrible things to you about their car as they're driving by, it's going to affect you. And at some point it, it makes its way into your psyche and you kind of start to believe it. And so what we really have to do is, is build them, build them back up, you know, and let them know that, that you can change, that, that this doesn't have to be your forever. And so that just is just continuing. Just, it, it's, a, it's as simple as literally just, just having conversations with them and treating them like a normal human being. You know, it's, it's so simple and just showing them respect and, and letting them know that you hear them and they have a voice and, you know, uh, simple things that, that we do to each other, but they don't get very often, you know, unfortunately they just get the venom from the masses, you know, they get uh, terrible things said to them on a regular. So our goal is just to kind of build them up, you know, and, 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 and catch those people who still have hope in them and show them, you know, the path that we can find. But then also I want to find those people who've kind of given up and then get them to change, you know? So one of the things that we're going to do at our trailer is once we help people transition from being on the streets, to, you know, a life off the streets, we're going to put a picture of them on what we call a wall of fame and keep that outside the shower trailer. And that way with that, with that trailer, with those pictures, I want to find that person who maybe has given up, but they're, they're coming to use the trailer and they happen to, as they're walking on, they see a picture and they recognize somebody and they're like, wait, like that's Joe. You know, I've been doing drugs with Joe for five years under the bridge. Well, if he can do it, I can do it. You know, and just and just try and any, find any way we can to inspire them and motivate them that, you know, that there's a better life out there for you if, if you want. If you don't and you're happy with your life, cool. It's not for me to judge you, but let's let's make it a little bit easier for you. I love how much you've clearly thought out every aspect of this, like that there's so many parts to this that you have really thought through. And it's that's just amazing that you're you're so prepared <laughs> do what you need to do to help these people. And I wanted to touch on your letters of hope, which seems to be like a really special extra effort you're making to care for the homeless. You say these letters are truly cherished by those on the streets. Uh, and that many times you have heard from those experiencing homelessness that they will often reread the letters at night or when they're having a rough day. Can you tell us about these letters of hope and how this program works? Yeah, it's we just literally have put out a call to action because when I when I first came up with the idea to to give out shirts, I just made a post on our Paper Clouds Apparel page and let people know that hey, we're going to go out and bring, you know, new shirts to the homeless, but you know, I wanted something in addition to that and I thought that you know, if I was down, you know, and and really feeling low, what's something that could help me feel a little better? And it's just hearing words of encouragement and especially from somebody that doesn't know you and just to be handed this letter and to read it and to hear that somebody believes in you is, again, that, that might be all you need to, to snap out of that fog that you're in. And so it, one of the coolest things is, is by doing this, we've had a ton of like elementary school classrooms that have then written us letters and they will color them. And those ones are the ones that when we hand out and you can just see this uh, complete reaction in the person we give them to. And we let them know that, you know, hey, this was 
this letter was written, you know, by a fifth grader, you know, and they, they, they want you to have it. And so, you know, I mean, so many of these people that are on the streets, they have children, they have family, you know, that they've lost touch with. And so it can kind of help them, uh, I guess, reconnect a little bit, you know, and, and think about their family and, and read this letter and almost kind of, you know, maybe imagine it's a letter from their own child, you know, and just uh, the the more things that we can do to to help these people understand that, like, I know you think that the world hates you and that people don't care about you, but just know that no matter what, you know, you have people that care about you, you know, like I care about you no matter what, like I will always care about you and I will always do anything I can to help you out. It's powerful. And so I saw a post on your Instagram that said one out of four homeless men have served in our country in the military. You say that we need to do a better job of taking care of those who signed up to keep us all safe. And I definitely agree. How do you think we can best tackle that issue and offer more compassion to that particular community? I, I think that if, if we I mean, we spend so much on war and on military weapons and, you know, these fighter planes that we never, ever use. I mean, billions and billions of dollars, you know, like how about we pump just a tiny fraction of that into mental health care facilities, you know, and, and for, for veterans and non-veterans, you know, one of the, one of the most tragic things for me is when I encounter somebody who has uh, a severe mental illness and that I can't help where there's nothing that I can do for them. You know, that's, that's what really affects me the most, you know, because there is a massive amount of people that have just been discarded that have severe mental health issues that need to be in an institution receiving the help, whether that be therapy, whether that be uh, medicine, anything, you know, but I, I just think that we can do a much better job than what we are currently doing, you know, and it's like, we put billions of dollars into all these other programs that just don't make sense, you know, and here we have so many people that are on the streets, Americans, you know, that we can help and we're not doing it. And I just, I just hope that, you know, uh, in future generations, we can, we can get government that can start to see these people and start to see, you know, how much better our country would be if we would take care of our own, you know, especially these people that, that volunteered to sign up to, to, to keep us safe and to, to preserve all of our freedoms. And then they come back and we're just like, eh, deal with it. You know, and we make it so difficult for them where they end up, you know, I know so many vets that I've talked to and they've just become so frustrated with the process at the VA and all the hoops they feel like they have to jump through where they're just they just walk away because they're so frustrated with it. And I feel that we have to we have to do a better job and, and we can do a better job. It's just getting somebody's ear that has the type of power to, to make the necessary changes. And all we can do is continue growing our social media, our reach, and hope that somebody along the lines will, will see it, it will affect them, somebody will get to them, and they can make the changes that we, that we really need. It's important that you're talking about it. And I think that that's the first step in any sort of change is the conversation about it and you know your passion behind wanting to help. I agree. I think we really owe it to these individuals who have given so much to us, who have sacrificed so much to us you know, the systems should run better for them when, you know, they're out of, out of service that we should be there, you know, picking helping them pick up the pieces and helping them put their life back together, especially if there's mental illness involved, which I know there's a lot of mental illness, like you said, especially PTSD and 
Uh, You know, that's a major issue with our veterans. Uh, So I agree. I'm glad that you you speak about that. And I just think it's an important thing to have a conversation about. So compassion is a topic that we often discuss on this show. Could you tell us what your own personal definition of compassion is and how important you think it is to the work that you're doing? It's, it's everything, you know, with what we're doing. Uh, you, I think for me, it's just putting yourself in the shoes of another person, you know, and, and trying to think about what you, what would be beneficial to you, you know, if, if you were in their shoes and, and how, what type of help would, would, would move you forward the best, you know, and, and just, so it's, it's just showing kindness for somebody else as well. And also just not knowing, uh, too many people judge, you know, uh, those that are experiencing homelessness and, and I don't know if it's from media or what, but we're just ingrained this idea that, that every single homeless person is a drunk, that they're a drug addict, that they're dangerous and they want to steal from us. And that's just not the case. Now, are there those people on there? Yes, of course. But we have these people in every walk of society. You know, you find, you find people like that in, in the wealthiest circles as well, you know, but it's so easy for us to put them down. And I feel like the reason why we do that is because it gives us a level of separation from them where, you know, we think and think, well, I'm not a drunk, so that could never happen to me. I'm not a drug addict, so that could never happen to me. And the, one of the craziest things that, that I've experienced is hearing these stories from people that are on the streets that will tell me that they've never used drugs before they became homeless. And it, when I thought about it, it made sense to me because imagine if, if you're in their shoes and you're on the streets and you just believe that your life just really sucks and it's really hard. Nobody cares about you. Somebody comes up to you and it's like, hey, here's something that will make you feel better. Even if it's just for a little while, what do you have to lose? You know, like it's an escape from your reality and your reality is as bad as it can be. So why not? You know, and then that's how they can get hooked on these drugs and and then they're even worse off than they were before, you know, but we would all be so much better off if we got to know somebody before we cast judgment upon them, you know, and I've met so many people on the streets who are some of the best human beings that I've ever encountered, but they just currently happen to be homeless, you know, and it's the sense of community as well amongst the, the really the good people on the streets, you know, that look out for each other. You know, I mean, so many times I've come to somebody and went to hand them supplies and they're like, you know what, like I'm actually good. But my friend Tim, he hangs out two blocks up the street on this corner and I know that he could use that. So please give, give, go and give those to him, you know, and it's like, yet we, we judge these people and think that they want to take everything. And yet I encounter so many people who are like, oh, you know what, I'm actually, I'm good on that. Thank you so much. But please give that to somebody that needs it more than I do, you know, where it's like, and it's happened to me where, where I've went out to give new shoes to people like brand new pairs, like Nikes and Vans and have them be like, Oh, you know what? Like my shoes are actually okay for right now. So please like find somebody else that needs those where it's like, if if you did that to a, a normal person, you know, someone who's not homeless and you can't, they're going to take that every single time. No matter if they have 50 brand new pairs of shoes, they're going to take another one. You know, so true. Here, here are these people who have nothing, and they're like, oh, you know what? No, like, please find somebody that needs it more than me, you know? And I'm like, so it's like, I feel like I learned so much more from them. Like I, I walk away with, from each encounter, I always feel like I'm, I'm winning, you know, they may be getting a lot of stuff, but like I'm getting the feeling and the sensation of helping somebody. 
And it, that's a high that's better than any drug you'll ever encounter. Like helping somebody without wanting anything in return. Once you experience it, like before I started this, I would always hear, you'd hear these stories about, you know, women who had volunteered like 20 or 30 years at soup kitchens and, and for the Salvation Army. And you were like, why would they do that? But then once you experience it and you get that feeling, that euphoric feeling after helping somebody, you're like, oh, now I get it, you know, and, and I want to feel that as much as possible. You know, I, I always try and tell people when they, when they tell me how selfless I am and I'm like, no, 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 please don't get this mixed up. Like I'm probably one of the most selfish people you will ever meet. But the thing I'm selfish for is, is a feeling. It's not a tangible good or product. You know, it's the feeling that I get from helping somebody. And that's something that, that nobody can ever take away. You know, like I can literally right now on the spot, think back to that first day and meeting Daniel and I'll get goosebumps automatically, you know? And so it's like, uh, they're getting goods and supplies. Like I'm getting something that nobody can ever take away from me. So I feel like I'm always coming out ahead in this, in these transactions with these people. And so I'm like, I'm like, when people haven't done, I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like, yeah, they're getting a bunch of stuff, but that's just stuff. Like I'm getting something that is always going to be in here that I can recall at any time I need to. I can absolutely relate. Cause I, I talk <laughs> about that a lot too, with the work that I've done is that And there's nothing else that can give you that feeling. Nothing. Like there's nothing that compares to what it feels like to make like a genuine connection with somebody. Uh, Often I think when I make a genuine connection with a complete stranger and have that's when it's even more powerful because it's like there was nothing that brought us together other than this conversation we're having, you know, and if you feel like you can touch someone's life in some way and you feel like you can inspire them or help them or the feeling that you get. And I agree it's, it's totally selfish, but it's a good kind of selfish. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing to compare to that. I'm always trying to teach that to my kids that, you know, it's really cool to help other people. Like really cool. The coolest thing you could do is help someone else. And you will, you will feel the best about yourself when you're, you're doing something in, you know, and giving to somebody else. Well, and I forget who said it first, but there's this great quote that says like, I think it's like nobody ever went poor from giving, you know, and it's the truth. Like I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in the power just of the universe, you know, and that you will be rewarded and it may not be today, tomorrow. It could be 10 years down the road and it won't, again, that reward's not going to be a financial, it doesn't be a financial reward, you know, but it's just, you, you will be rewarded for the good you do in in some way or form by the universe, you know, and the more good you can do, you just keep on building up that, that good karma. It's an energy. It's an energy that you give right. out. And that energy, I agree. I totally believe that the universe is going to bring that energy back to you. It's a good energy that is in some way returned to you. And again, then that makes a kind of a selfish motive and that's okay because yeah. you're helping people along the way. And, uh, I also was going to say when you were talking about, you know, the way that we perceive the homeless, something that has bothered me over the years is how quick people are to judge the person on the street as being someone who chose to be there. You know, people are very quick to say like, well, it's their fault. They're there. Obviously, they did something to get them there. But in conversations that I've had with a lot of other people on this podcast, specifically talking about homeless and people who deal with the homeless on a regular basis, and I've learned a lot about how, you know, it could be their their upbringing that, you know, like leads them to homelessness. It can be, you know, 
death and loss or uh, it can be such horrible circumstances that they live in that cause them to flee or it's mental illness or, you know, there's so many different reasons, but most people that are on the streets do not choose to be there. Yeah. And we owe it to them to respect them as a human being, <laughs> you know, no yeah. matter how they got there, we owe it to them to show them compassion, just like you are. Well, and I think that's, that's been probably the most common answer like i don't ever ask people oh so why did you get homeless because it's like i'm not trying to rehash i'm never trying to rehash that memory hey you want to want to tell me about the worst thing in your life that caused this you know do you get here you know but a lot of times it will just come up in an organic conversation they'll they'll explain to me and i would say the overwhelming majority of the time it's the loss of a loved one either their mom their spouse their dad uh, a family member and that they didn't have the ability to really cope with it properly and so they kind of went down a spiral and it can snowball so quickly. You know, when you become on the streets, you know, people will tell me all the time, you know, well, when I became homeless, I thought I'd, you know, be, it would be two weeks and I'd be, I'd be fine. And they're like, now it's been eight years, you know, and it just, you all of a sudden wake up one morning. You're like, how did I, how did I get here? You know? And, and in addition, we have uh, the, the most current statistics I saw, and this was before the whole COVID pandemic. So I'm sure it's really skyrocketed, but 76% of the population was living paycheck to paycheck, you know, and if you're that person and you lose your job and you don't have friends and family to help you out, you end up on the streets, you know, and then one of the things that I feel that the masses in society don't know is how difficult we've now made it for people to get back on their feet once they become homeless, you know, because it's like if you want to get a job, all right, you know, one of the things that usually happens within the first couple of weeks of being homeless is you're going to get robbed and you're going to, you know, everything you own is probably going to be taken from you. And that's including your driver's license, you know, and so you have no ID, you know, and when you go to a job application and ask you for an address, you can't fill out that spot, you know, and, you know, uh, luckily a lot of people that I know there was the Obama phone project. So, you know, a lot of the people on the streets do have cell phones, but if you weren't one of those people, if you lost your cell phone, you know, when you're filling out a job application, ask for a cell phone. So many job applications now are all done online, you know, and so we've just made it so difficult for people to get, to get back on their feet, you know, and then if, say if they want to get a, a, a an apartment, all right, they're going to want to know where you've been working for the past year, two years, you know, they're going to want to run your credit score. And so it's like the system is so heavily skewed against them. And yet, all of us want to look down upon these people, you know, and yet. And we so want to like, look at them and say, like, why can't you get your shit together? Yeah, right? Yeah. But because yeah, they literally can't. They're like, I would love to. Can you show me how? You know, I mean, if you if you can help me, then, then, then please do. Because I've been trying really hard. And every time I do, I get shot down. You know, so it's just, again, the, the system is just so flawed. And so we're just going to continue doing what we do and, and hope that we can spread information along with help and, and, and help the masses, you know, just take a moment to understand these people a little better, you know, and, and understand their situation and, and how easily that could be them. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to circle back to, we talked a little bit about community because we, we talk about this a lot on this show. We speak about community and clearly community tends to be something that the homeless population is missing in a lot of ways. How important is it to you to work to create a feeling of community for the homeless that you serve? 
I think that when, when like even community, like I, I, my goal is to, I guess, blur the lines that, that we as society have set between, you know, homeless and people who aren't homeless, you know, and just we're all human beings, you know, we're all the same community and, uh, and, and just try and, and, and push that idea and that belief system as well, where I don't, you know, I don't ever treat them like they're, they're different than me. Like we're, we're all human beings. We're all the same. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You're a human being. I'm a human being. Cool. We're the same, you know? And, and I think that just that, that thought process is what we need to spread, I think, you know, and that will help the world become one big community instead of just segregating and separating us. It's amazing. What you're doing is amazing. And I'm just so happy that you were here to share this with us. And I would imagine volunteers and donations are a critical part of your mission. So can you tell us how we can help support your mission going forward and where we can go to donate and follow along with your project? Oh, most certainly. Thank you. I mean, being, being a 501c3 nonprofit, we run completely on donations. And so all the time on, on social media, you know, at the end of each, a lot of my posts, I'll tell people, you know, that I'll tell all my followers, like, this is impossible without you. Like, I can't do any of the things that, that, that we do without your donations, you know? And so people, they can donate through our, our website. We just launched a, a new version of our website. So it's just cloudcoveredstreets.org. And we're on all the social medias. If they just type in cloud covered streets, they, they should be able to find us. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I love any, anybody that can volunteer because we definitely need volunteers to help. So if any, any of your fans are in the Phoenix area, please, shoot me a message and we're always looking to grow too because my goal is yeah we have we fin- it took us a long time to get this one trailer but once we get it out there like I'm hoping that we can get you know some major grants to come in some big donations to come in and homelessness is not just a problem in Phoenix it's it's everywhere and so I want shower trailers in in every major city you know this isn't I'm not stopping at one you know this is I've got I've got big picture ideas you know and I tell people all the time that like I want to have 20 trailers by 2025 and that's a crazy goal, but I'm like, mm, so what we can do it. You know, it, it takes hard work, but you know, if, if you, if you don't have big aspirations then then what's the point, you know? And so we have like our next cities that we kind of have uh, little plans for Austin, Nashville, and then Raleigh. And so we're just working on, on, on finding people in those cities, connectors in those cities. We, so we can begin the process of once we get this trailer out here and start and get that running smooth, it's like, all right, cool. Let's see how we can get this next one going in this next city and just just keep on growing because it is it is such a huge problem across our country. And now with so many, you know, millions of people being out of work and, and losing, you know, the unemployment benefits. And so it's like there's going to be a massive shift in the amount of people that are now going to be experiencing homelessness for the for the first time, a lot of them, you know, and we want to give them that place where they can feel safe, where they can feel respected and just where they can feel like a, you know, I hate you, a, a normal human being for a little while, you know, and just be treated that way, you know, and, and make a bunch of new friends, you know, and then continue to grow our volunteer list so we can get more people that can understand what you and I understand about that feeling that comes along with helping people, you know, and, and I tell people like a lot of the times, like I, I don't do well with compliments. And so when people compliment me, I'm like, like I'm not doing anything that anybody else can't do. You know, I just, I just don't quit very easily. And so I just, I just keep on going until it, it happens, you know, but I tell people all the time, like you can make a major difference just by the next time you're 
in Target or Walmart. Buy a 12-pack of socks and keep those on your passenger seat. And when you pull up to an intersection, you see somebody holding a sign, I guarantee you roll down that window and give them a new pair of socks and you're going to see a huge, huge smile. And it's, it's just the little things. You know, if we all just did a little bit, we could make this world a, a much better place. You know, I, I forget who said it, but they're like, success isn't one big thing. It's just a lot of little things continuously done right. And that's, that's where success comes from, you know? And I feel that this, this world could be just a much, much better place if we all just did a little bit to help. Totally. One of my favorite quotes is by Howard Zinn, and he says, um, small, small actions when multiplied by millions of people can transform the world. 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. And I do think that by 2025, you're going to have your 20 trailers because, like you said, you don't give up. <laughs> and you're out here inspiring lots of other people. And that it's about planting the seed in everybody who's willing to listen to what you have to say and inspiring them to go find that feeling for themselves. Yeah. Cause again, once, once you tap into that juice, like you, you want it all the time, you know? And so I just, it's, it's completely changed my life as well. You know, I mean, simple, it's like little things like going out and like our toiletry supply bags, but like, I'll never forget the first time seeing a grown man cry over seeing Q-tips in this hygiene kit, you know? And it's, it's definitely helped ground me where it's like, I, you won't hear me complain about a damn thing. Like I know how bad it is, you know? So it's like, if I go out to eat and my food's taking a little longer, what do I care? Like, so what, you know, but like I see people, I've seen a grown man cry over Q-tips. Like, how can I complain about my life one bit? Like I've got a roof over my head. I've got food in the fridge and I've got a truck that drives. So everything else is, is extra, you know, like all that other stuff is extra. So if, if I have stuff and I know that people on the street don't have it, then why not get it out and help them? I think that that's another benefit that comes along with giving to people is the, the humble experience that you have or the, the experience that you have of what it means to be humble and what it, uh, how it grounds you and makes you more grateful oh, for every okay. single aspect of your life and everything that you have had and everything that you do have. Uh, and it just gives you a different perspective. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you're here today. This energy was awesome. And <laughs> I can't wait to share this with all my listeners. Thank you so much for taking the time oh, today. Again, thank you so much for having me on. And I, I look forward to continuing this. And uh, again, have a fantastic weekend. If you enjoyed this episode of Be The Good Podcast, please like, comment, and share. You can also head on over to www.christymccaffrey.com to access more episodes of Be The Good Podcast, as well as the True Being blog. And remember, we can all find our own way to be the good. Be the good.